0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome to Crossroads. Thank you for joining us this morning. My name is Dion, and uh, we just appreciate you guys hanging out with us this morning. Would you please join me in prayer? Holy Father, we thank you so much for this day. Um, Lord, we do thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to show our town who you are Um, practically speaking, through holiday meals and just other ways that we can support people who need to know you. Um, Lord, thank you that you want to know us. Um, Thank you that you will speak powerfully through Brad this morning as he gives
1: our message, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uncle Jeff, have you seen the last piece of pumpkin pie?
2: What did it look like?
1: Come on, you're like 50 years old. You should know how pie looks. Jeff, 50? Come on, can you even count to 50? Uncle Jeff, I got some questions for you. Yes? Why do we have turkey on Thanksgiving? Because when cooked properly, every four or five years it's delicious. Okay, so then why would we have green bean casserole then? Touche. Why does not I have a lip plate, but that's the pie? Ah, uh, clearly it's not stopping you. Why did mom have a full plate of stuffing when she's on keto? Because carbs are comforting. Why can't I just lick my plate? If I'm in charge of the dishes, I actually
0: encourage that.
1: Why are there no unicorns in the Bible? Why am I not allowed to sit close to the TV? Why does water taste different in Nana's house? Why isn't Grandpa allowed to have salt? Why is gravy brown? Why am I not allowed to touch the air freshener? Why does Cooper pick his nose so much? Why does mom call me by my sister's name? Why do we plant all the time? Why can't I eat grass? Why can't I sit in dad's chair? Why is Sunday school called Sunday school? Why do cows have four stomachs? Why do parents whisper when they get mad? Why do old people write in person? Why do babies have no teeth? Why is baseball so boring? Why do fish have no lungs? Why is Thanksgiving before Christmas? I know why. You know why what? I know why Thanksgiving comes right before Christmas. <sighs> okay, tell me. Why does Thanksgiving come right before Christmas? Because it reminds us to be thankful that God sent us Jesus. Right. <laughs> I never thought of that before. <laughs> I like that. Alright, now. Hit me with some of that whipped cream, girl. <sighs> oh. mm, that's good. I'm having it on my face. Okay. Okay. Oh,
0: so this looks good. Yeah. Morning. Morning. Cute movie, huh? Uh, believe it or not, it's Thanksgiving again, right? In just a few days, time really flies. Uh, and that uh, video uh, ended with uh, this amazing uh, passage from Psalms 136. Here's the, the first couple of verses from from that chapter give thanks to the lord for he is good his love endures forever give thanks to the god of gods his love endures forever and uh, uh, if you read through all 26 verses of psalm 136 You'll, you'll quickly realize that uh, in this chapter, uh, that uh, repeated over and over and over again at the end of each verse is that phrase, His love endures forever. And, you know, I'm not the, the swiftest guy around, but when something is repeated 26 times in a row, it's important. Right? God is trying to tell us something. Uh, the first few verses of this chapter remind us to, to give thanks uh, to, to God because his love endures forever. It, it, it endures. Uh, it, it suffers patiently. It remains. It, it lasts. Uh, it, it bears the burden. His love endures forever. And then in the, the middle of the chapter, over the next 20 verses uh, of the chapter, it, it speaks of, of God's qualities, his, his character. The middle part speaks of God uh, as the creator, as an example, how, how he created the, uh, the heavens, the, the earth and the waters, the sun and the moon. And then it speaks of, of how uh, God is a merciful savior, when he rescued the Israelites from, from captivity in, uh, in Egypt. Uh, and, and then the chapter, after those 20 verses in the middle, it, uh, uh, it, uh, of course, for each of those 20 verses, everyone uh, is tagged by this, his love endures forever. Then, then the chapter wraps up where it, it started with an expression of gratitude with this uh, verse uh, 26, Give thanks to the God of heaven for his love endures forever. Jewish tradition calls uh, Psalm 136 the great Hillel or, or great psalm of praise. And, and, and heading into Thanksgiving, uh, it would be appropriate for us to just kind of anchor here and, and build the, the entire message on the idea that we simply need to be uh, grateful you know, just, just like the psalmist was expressing to us. Uh, and and we, could. we could. We could talk about God's love that, that still endures. Uh, it was true for Jeremiah. Uh, uh, it, uh, it was true for the psalmist back in that day. It, it's, it's still true today. Uh, it, in a, a world of, of so many unknowns, we have absolute certainty that the love of God, it, it, it will never end. Uh, and, and that's just awesome, right? Uh, nothing else could be more precious than that. And, and we, we also have a lot of just, I'll, I'll call them ordinary things to be grateful about, don't we, uh, relative to the rest of the world. You know, our, our standard of living uh, for even the poorest American is, is pretty good. Our our state of of medical care is such that people generally uh, survive ailments that that just a century uh, ago would have meant certain death. You know, ironically, uh, many of the ailments that we we do suffer from are actually caused by our excesses, right? Uh, Rather than things that we lack. Uh, Horrible illnesses definitely still exist for sure, but compared to any other time in history, uh, things are much better as a whole. Uh, we, we really, really do have it pretty good. Uh, but despite this uh, life of plenty, there's still kind of this gloom that's, that's all around. I, and I don't think it's just me. Uh, we seem to you know, live under this cloud uh, and we're just kind of slogging our way through life, weighted down by uh, all the, the ugliness that's, that's out there. You know, depression, anxiety, loneliness are, are off the charts uh, and getting higher and worse every day. And as we, we kind of tiptoe toward Thanksgiving, you know, are, are we gloomy because we're we're just ungrateful by nature or, or is that an, an oversimplification? uh a, a lot of families uh, have a, a thanksgiving tradition of, of asking each person around the table you know kind of go around the table and and you you, you say you say what you're you're grateful for right uh, and, and i don't want to be dismissive of that that's a a, a great Great fun. It's it's really a great question. It, it's fun to uh, encouraging to, to hear what, what's on everybody's mind. And, and here's some really great answers to that question, right? I'm just wondering if if maybe for some of us who are, are kind of stuck, uh, stuck obsessing over how bad things are, maybe there's a a, a better question we need to be asking ourselves. The book of Lamentations, uh, most likely was written by the, the prophet Jeremiah. Uh, it is a hard book to read, uh, perhaps one of the most depressing books in the Bible, and, and, and therefore one of the hardest to kind of wade through. Uh, as a result of the, the people of Judah's continued sin, the, the Babylonians uh, conquered and, and just destroyed the, the city of Jerusalem. The, the temple which had been standing for, for 400 years was burned to the ground. Most of the people were either or dead or hauled off uh, as slaves. Seemingly, you know, everything had been lost and, and, and it was hopeless. Uh, for, for most of the five chapters, and it really is a short book as hard as it is, you could go home and, and read it uh, in just a few minutes. For, for most of the five chapters in the book of Lamentations, we read about how bad they were. And, and here's just a sampling. We're, we're just going to rattle through a few of them. This one in, uh, in, in chapter 1, how, how deserted lies a city once so full of, of people. Uh, she, speaking of Jerusalem. Uh, has become uh, a slave, bitterly she, she weeps at, at night. Uh, and then in, from chapter 2, uh, this is why I weep, no one is near to comfort me, my, my children are destitute. Then flipping down to chapter 4, uh, those killed by the sword are better off than those who, who die of famine, racked with hunger. Uh, and, and then wrapping up in chapter 5, it, it reads, Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers, our homes to foreigners. We have become fatherless. Our mothers are widows. There's like five chapters of this. It's a slog. Uh, it's brutal uh, what they experience, and reading through it is is not enjoyable. And, and we think... We have it bad at times. Uh, those folks were really, uh, they had it far worse, right? Verse after verse after verse of this. And, and then adding salt to the wound uh, and, and adding perhaps confusion to the pain, Jeremiah, a, a, a godly man, acknowledges that the, the very things causing all their grief and sorrow, you know, they were allowed by God, um, he writes this in in, uh, chapter 3, I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. So, a head-scratcher, right? When you're trying to digest all that's going on. Uh, Still, despite all of this gloominess, we find tucked away inside chapter 3 something just kind of Uh, mind-boggling. It's really a a game-changer. This from uh, Lamentations 3, verses 21 through 26, and I'll read the whole thing. Yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Why? Because of the Lord's great love, we are not... Consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is God's faithfulness. I say to myself, The Lord is my portion. Therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. In, in this book of the Bible, filled with all sorts of ugliness, are some of the Bible's most beautiful and, and, and frankly, most theologically central messages of Christianity. When, when it looks like everything has gone wrong, and, and, it, and the world is out of balance, like There's nothing but chaos. Sound kind of familiar, right? But yet, we remember that there's hope in God. It's awful, but I have hope. Why? Because of the Lord's great love. We have not been consumed. I'm still breathing, maybe barely, but I'm breathing. A lot of my fellow people of faith are dead or gone, but we haven't been totally consumed. There's still a remnant. His compassions won't fail. In fact, God's compassions are new every day. Whether you have minutes to live or, or decades and decades left in you, it's good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord, we now know, comes in the person of Jesus Christ. We're at dinner. The waiter brings out our meal. We perk up, smile, and say, thank you. You know, there's, there's no question the, the waiter exists. It's easy to be grateful in that moment. Most of us are grateful in a situation like that, right? It doesn't matter if you're super religious or you're an atheist. We're just grateful in that kind of situation. But what happens when we go home and we're sitting on our couch alone, kind of pondering life as we contemplate all the good and the bad, that's happened to us and all the stuff that lies ahead, most likely, are, are we still grateful? You know, in those kind of quiet moments, do you consider yourself in general to be a grateful person? Not, not just are you polite when you're out in public uh, as your parents taught you to say please and thank you. Not, not that kind of gratitude. But no kidding, when you're, you're sitting alone just thinking about your life, are we grateful? Circling back to the, uh, the opening video, the, the little girl uh, in the video, she had lots of questions, right? Uh, and, and some good ones. Uh, remember her, her, her last question, though? It, it was, why does Thanksgiving come right before Christmas? And she answered her own question, right? Uh, She said, because it reminds us to be thankful that God sent us Jesus. Pretty cool, right? Maybe she has connected the dots for us. She had faith that God had sent us Jesus, our our one hope. So for her, her, her thankfulness is rooted in the person of Jesus in whom she apparently had faith. For, for her case, it, it seems faith in Jesus leads to thankfulness. Now, speaking of Christmas, oh, by the way, believe it or not, today is officially our, our start of our annual Christmas series here at Crossroads. Even though it, it seems a little bit early to be, uh, you know, talking about Christmas. At least we're not as bad as some of the stores who were, you know, had all their Christmas gear out at, you know, before Halloween. I think. Uh, but, but uh, as the little girl in the video reminded us, Thanksgiving and Christmas uh, fit together. Uh, for for this year's Christmas series here at Crossroads, we're we're going to have some fun. You know, we're we're going to. Be spinning off the timeless book and movie called *A Christmas Carol*, uh, written by Charles Dickens way back in the mid-1800s. There are a lot, a lot of great Christmas movies out there. It's a pretty tough competition uh, for for the best, you know. I'll, I'll I'll invite you to help me out. What are your favorite Christmas movies? It's *A Wonderful Life*. It's *A Wonderful Life*. I got that. Christmas vacation, Christmas story, what else? The Grinch. The Grinch. Uh, yeah, somebody said Grinch last night too. Yeah, a lot of good ones. Others? Die Hard. Die Hard. Yeah, somebody. Die Hard. Yeah, couple of people. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Others? Charlie Brown. Yeah, good, good, good. Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah, that was that's a that's a good one. You know, I. Christmas story, right? I wanted to base our Christmas series on a Christmas story, not a Christmas carol. You know, Christmas story, the one with Ralphie, if you remember, right? Uh, There are just so many important uh, theological lessons coming from a Christmas story. Like, Overcoming our egos when we're triple-dog dared to stick our tongue on a frozen flagpole, right? That's, a, that's an important lesson, right? Or, or not to judge others when we have a BB lodged in our eye that was shot from what? A Red Rider BB gun, right? With the compass and the stock. Uh, you know, come on, folks. Uh, you know, I don't know why I was outvoted, uh, but anyway, so instead of talking about leg lamps, uh, we'll be talking about A Christmas Carol, not A Christmas Story. So, bah humbug. Uh, but A Christmas Carol is a classic too. So, we'll, we'll press on. Uh, since Dickens wrote this book, apparently it's pretty good. And, and a bunch of movies have been done. I, I lost count at, at 15. Uh, movies that have been done either directly from uh, the book or or based on the book Christmas Carol. Pardon me? Muppet Christmas. Carol. Oh there you go. Very yeah uh, absolutely uh, the, the, in fact uh, you're a great straight man because the first movie was was a, a black and white silent movie in in the uh, ni- in like 1901 uh, all, all the way up to uh, just last year there was a movie called Spirited, uh, starring Ryan Reynolds and, and Will Ferrell that was based on uh, the Dickens novel. There, and, there, and there was even a Muppets movie made in the, uh, in the 90s uh, based on A Christmas Carol. There, there's been a bunch of TV shows that were kind of uh, based on A Christmas Carol. Cartoons like The Flintstones and Mr. Magoo and shows like *The Odd Couple*, if you're old enough to to admit that you know the show *Odd Couple*, and, and yes, even *Saved by the Bell* did a takeoff on the *Christmas Carol* storyline. So, if *Saved by the Bell* can do it, why can't *Crossroads*? Right? So, so here we go. Just in case you're you're not. Uh, familiar with the storyline, here's a a two-minute video summary of what is uh, a 90-plus-minute movie.
2: This is a story about a man named Ebenezer Scrooge who lives in London. He's a greedy and mean-spirited moneylender who despises Christmas. But because it's Christmas Eve, he reluctantly gives his clerks, among them Bob Cratchit, the following day off. Just as Scrooge is about to enter his home for the evening, he sees the face of his old business partner Marley in the door knocker. This frightens him, but Scrooge shrugs it off and prepares for bed. Later that evening, Scrooge is visited by Marley's ghost who warns him that in order to avoid an afterlife of torment, Scrooge will be visited by three ghosts. Scrooge can hardly sleep and the first ghost arrives on time. The Ghost of Christmas Past takes him to special memories of his childhood and young adult years, where he becomes so absorbed with making money that his fiancé leaves him. Scrooge is then returned back to his room and is later visited by the second ghost the Ghost of Christmas Present. This jolly ghost takes him to the streets of London and shows him how normal people celebrate Christmas, including Scrooge's nephew Fred and his clerk Bob Cratchit. The Cratchits, although poor, make the most of what they have and are held together by the love of Tiny Tim, a small boy with a crutch. This trip to the present seems to revitalize Scrooge's outlook on Christmas. However, Scrooge is then visited by the third ghost, the Ghost of Christmas Future. This grim figure shows how others react to Scrooge's eventual death and portrays the Cratchits in the aftermath of Tiny Tim's death. Because of these signs, Scrooge vows to change and cherish Christmas. Scrooge is then returned to his bedroom and finds that it is Christmas morning. He buys a giant feast for the Cratchits and visits his nephew to celebrate Christmas. In the end, Scrooge becomes generous and loves Christmas.
0: Two minutes, right? Now you got it, right? Or you can go home and, and uh, pull up your favorite version of, of the movie uh, as a reminder. So. uh First, a disclaimer, right? Uh, no, we don't believe in people dying and coming back as ghosts to haunt us. Uh, it's called fiction for a reason, right? Uh, although, uh, I am haunted by high cholesterol I inherited from a bunch of dead relatives. But uh, uh, nevertheless, uh, here's what we have in store for us throughout the series. There's kind of uh, the rundown through all, all uh, Uh, Seven weeks, uh, Christmas past, Christmas present, future, change, of course our Christmas Eve service, and and then uh, kicking off the New Year's with our our prophecy uh, message. Uh, But today, as we kick off the series called Baja, today is called uh, Baja. (laughs) Maybe that's where I want to be right now. I don't know. (laughs) Kid can dream, right? Bah Humbug. Uh, today's message is called Bah Humbug 2. Oh, geez. Uh, bah Humbug. Of course, uh, Bah Humbug, you know, we, we associate that with Christmas, right? Uh, somebody who's kind of grumpy about uh, Christmas might say Bah Humbug, or, or if you're making fun of somebody who, who is grumpy about Christmas, will kind of so a ah, humbug, right? Uh, so we kind of associate it with Christmas, but that, that wasn't the case back in the mid 1800s in the UK when, when Dickens wrote this book. Uh, back then, people would, would show their annoyance with anything by by just saying bah, right? Uh, if the Steelers lose against the Browns today, I'll be saying bah, right? Uh, and then humbug. Uh, separately referred to something that was considered nonsense, right? Uh, a waste of time at best, uh, deceitful at, at worst, so politics in the, in the U.S., humbug, right? Uh, here's a clip of how Bah humbug was used by the main character of uh, A Christmas Carol, Ebenezer Scrooge, I'm I'm gonna use a clip from kind of a a cool animated version of A Christmas Carol starring Jim Carrey in uh, 2009. Other speakers may use uh, uh, other uh, clips from other versions to kind of mix things up, although I I do triple dog dare you to use the Muppet version somewhere along the way. Anyway, here's, here's today's clip.
1: Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you. Bah, humbug. Christmas humbug? Uncle, you don't mean that. Merry Christmas. What reason have you to be merry? You're poor enough. What right have you to be so dismal? You're rich enough. Humbug! Don't be cross, Uncle. What else can I be when I live in such a world of fools as this? Merry Christmas. What's Christmas time to you but a time for paying bills without money? A time for finding yourself a year older and not a penny richer? If I could work my will, every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled in his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. Uncle! Nephew! Keep Christmas in your own way and let me keep it in mine. Keep it? But you don't keep it. Let me leave it alone then. Much good it has ever done you. There are many things from which I have derived good and have not profited. Christmas being among them. But I have always thought of Christmas as a kind, charitable time. The only time when men open their shut-up hearts and think of all people as fellow travellers to the grave and not some other race of creatures bound on other journeys. And therefore, Uncle, although it has never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe it has done me good, and I say God bless it!
0: Thinking uh, Christmas was foolish, Scrooge said what? Bah humbug, right? Uh, uh, All to kind of express his annoyance with something he thought was A waste of time, right? Um, You kind of get the impression uh, that Christmas wasn't the only thing that Scrooge was annoyed with, though, right? Uh, He was likely just a a grump about a lot of things, right? He made made reference to, you know, living in a world with fools, right? Uh, Sound familiar? So there were a lot of things that probably annoyed Scrooge. Uh, It it was clear that that Scrooge was obsessed with his business and with making money. It kind of seemed like he was uh, a little bit greedy, but it was a lot more complicated than just that, right? It it, it always is. Uh, If you've seen the whole movie or or get the gist from the, the short summary clip that we showed a little bit ago, a lot of things happened throughout the course of his life to make him the person he had become. To, to demonstrate this to, to him, Scrooge is led through a, a review of his past, his, his present circumstances, and, and, and given a glimpse into his future. And he, he came out of that process a, a, a new person, you know, kind of transformed, uh, converted maybe even. It's, it's unclear if, if Dickens, you know, meant for this story to, to kind of symbolize a, a Christian conversion. Some people read into that. I don't know. Uh, or maybe it's just a good story to, to tell us if we review our past, consider our, our current circumstances, our current situation, and, and then kind of imagine uh, where, where that might all lead us, where it'll take us in the future. We can learn a lot about ourselves and, and make some adjustments and come out better for it. Uh, in, in either case, uh, what the, this series is going to do is it, it's, it's really going to provide each of us a, a kind of a gift. Uh, so instead of you know, buying yourself new socks and underwear for Christmas you know, for free, you can, can go on a Christmas story adventure with us. Uh, you can go onto our website uh, and, and download our study guide or, or get a hard copy in the back and just follow along and prepare for, for each message each weekend. Or, or you can, can also uh, take some time during the week leading up to each message and, and, and dot that, jot down a few observations about yourself, all right? Here's, here's a, a, a list of questions to kind of get, get your thinking going. Number one, uh, what are some things that happened in your past that shaped you, who you are for better or worse? And by the way, all these things are in your, your bulletin, so you don't need to write them down. So what, what are those things, better or worse, what are the things that happened in your past that have shaped who, who you are? Question two, what are some things in your present circumstances that control you, that hold you back, you know, uh, something like that? What will your future look like, question number three, if you change nothing about yourself, right? You just kind of head off into the future, exactly how things are. Uh, And then number four, what, what might your preferred future look like assuming you make some changes, right? So four questions for, for you to kind of think about uh, along the way as we're, we're plowing through this, um, this series. Now, it, as you are doing that, uh, you know, make sure you're, you're, you're talking about yourself. You know, it's, this is not about if somebody else would, would become better at whatever, then my life would get better, right? That's not what this is about. This is all about you and me, right? Uh, now, for Scrooge, the the story focused on how his past, present, and and gloomy outlook on uh, his future gave him a, a crummy attitude about Christmas, uh, and and we'll also consider along the way uh, if if we have the right attitude about Christmas. But it, but as I alluded to earlier, it's it's bigger than just our attitude about a holiday, right? Chances are good that. If you and I are Scrooges about Christmas, we're Scrooges about life in general. Uh, for example, maybe on Thanksgiving, we struggle with being more grateful. Uh, bottom line, why is it that some of us have great attitudes and others of us are just Scrooges? Uh, you know, cutting to the chase, uh, I'd like to suggest for our consideration that That our attitude, you know, how grateful we are, how joyful we are, regardless of our circumstances, is linked to our hope. Uh, Now, psychologists uh, have written lots about this uh, and have said some very encouraging things about hope. Uh, Here's a statement from one government report. I'm not going to read it. You can read it. Uh, if, if you'd like, uh, this report, as you can imagine, you know, probably spent bazillion dollars on it. Uh, lots of, you know, big words in the report. Uh, I didn't read the whole thing, but kind of slogged through some of it. Uh, but the bottom line is uh, that hope is really important to our mental health. It, and you've probably heard stories before. Say, for example, the POWs, right? P, the POWs uh, who uh, had hope survived the POWs who uh, lost hope often would would die uh, there in captivity uh, and this long report went on to talk about strategies to improve hopelessness hopefulness rather uh, through through the following interventions and it kind of goes through a laundry list of things to do and and, and of course it was you know by a very, you know, came at it from a very secular perspective, but but still, you, you can draw some biblical connections along the way. Uh, emphasis on strengths. You know, we here talk about uh, that we are uniquely designed by God. That we have a unique set of gifts uh, and talents. Uh, you know, we we talk about reframing negative thoughts in the in the. You know, and suggest that we all look at things from a a biblical perspective, practice hopeful thinking. Well, we're we're talking about hope right now. The the Bible just overflows with with hope. Uh, Increase self awareness and self esteem. You know, we talk about having accurate, having an accurate self assessment. Yes, God loves us and values us but well, we're also flawed sinners. So we, we talk about having a healthy balance uh, and an accurate assessment uh, along the way. Hang out with hopeful people. The, you know, the Bible talks about hanging out with a community of believers, and that community should exude hope, right? After hanging out with a crowd of fellow believers, you should be more hopeful, not less hopeful. Uh, Practice gratitude. Yep, very b- biblical. Uh, reinforcing positive effect. Uh, how many times have we said from up here, if Fox News makes you grumpy, go for a walk, right? If, if going to the bar results in you drinking too much, don't go to the bar. Uh, you know, it's this whole process of taking stuff off and, you know, putting on the armor of God that, you know, we're all about that. Training resilience and finding purpose. Uh, hey, uh, Let's care more about what God thinks than what others think uh, when it comes to our our opinions of ourselves. So the the lingo might be a little bit different, but there are some similarities behind this idea that that hope is huge. Uh, Of course, there's a difference, uh, a huge difference really between what that report suggests and what the Bible lays out for us. To, to kind of drive this home, I, I'd like to take us back to uh, Lamentations 3. Remember this passage. Uh, and uh, I've underlined a, a few things there for, for emphasis. Uh, it, it, it reads, the Lord's great love. And it says, His compassions. Then again, the Lord is my portion. The, the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. And then for the salvation of the Lord, right? Uh, Jeremiah understood perfectly that all their, their sins of the past had led to terrible consequences. He stood to, understood that their, their current circumstances were dire, uh, and any reasonable person would not have hope. But yet, uh, all of this, through all of this, he, he did have hope. Not hope in himself, right? It doesn't say that up there. Not reading, I have hope in myself up there. You know, he, and he, and he uh, didn't say anything about hope in his spouse or his friends. That's, that's not included in that passage. And we certainly don't see anything about hope in some amazing leader or, or government rescue in that passage. That's their hope was God. Our hope is God. Some other passages uh, from, from Psalm 62: I find rest in God. Only He gives me hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then from 1 Peter it says, In His great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not some wishful, vague kind of hope. This is kind of a take-it-to-the-bank kind of hope and faith in the person of God. Rock-solid faith kind of hope. And importantly, not a hope that is hinged on making sense of why things are the way they are, or knowing how all of this is going to play out in, in the part of in God's plan. You know, so psychologists, you know, they, they tell us that that hope is this amazing cure. The Bible tells us that God is our hope. Remember... Earlier, I, I wondered maybe there's a, a better question than what are you thankful for this holiday season? Maybe that uh, more important question is, what is your source of hope? Now, I, I, I know it you know, maybe seems trite, but, but real hope changes us and, and ultimately saves us. You know, our, our friend Ebenezer Scrooge, you know, he, he went from bah humbug to, uh, what do the, the cool kids say, to, to booyah, right? He went from bah humbug to booyah and was more grateful, loving, and generous. He went on this journey of, of evaluating his past, present, and future, and as a result, he went from Hopeless to hopeful. And, and so can we. So, looking forward to you joining us throughout the series. Uh, so let's, let's pray. Yeah. Booyah. God, uh, geez, there is just so much that we do not understand about you, about uh, what's going on, why things are the way they are. Uh, frankly, we're, our heads are spinning. Uh, but... We're so grateful that you've given us just kind of the way you've designed us humans. You've given us the ability to think through, to individually think through our past, our our current circumstances, and and to to make a pretty good guess of of where our lives are headed. Uh, Yet, your compassions are new every morning. You are a God of new beginnings. You are, in fact, our our only chance at a real hope. Uh, And that hope comes in the person of Jesus Christ, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day, and uh, happy Thanksgiving.